hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 133. My name's Trevor Long. Joining me each and every week, the other bloke, Talking Tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. G'day, Trevor. Uh, episode 133. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, and if, I've got to say, we've got a very well-structured oh, show today. You know what? Stru- it's all about structure. There should be a prize for the person <laughs> that, 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 that comes back to us on Twitter and actually determines yes. what are the three structured sections before Stephen's uh, minute reviews. And, of course, we're here, as always, thanks to Nitke and Optus MyPlan. We'll tell you more about them shortly. You know, there's been a lot of telco news over the last uh, kind of few months uh, around the uh, international roaming, around the, 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 the alerts and all that kind of stuff. But one thing that has eluded Australians, and to my shock, to be honest, it was announced by Telstra this week, um, is data sharing. Now, data sharing for the uninitiated is uh, a way of sharing a, a fixed set of data across several devices. So let's say you've got a mobile phone account with Telstra and it has one gig of data available on it, but you're only using six or 700 megabytes of it and you've also got an iPad and you've got another SIM card in that. You're paying a certain amount of mon- dollars per month or per year for that data. Um, the idea of data sharing is you've got an account with Telstra you have a gig of data and you can utilize that gig across a multiple number of devices. Mm. In theory, it's absolutely brilliant. It's been around been done around the world. It's amazing that it haven't been done here before today and also amazing to me that Telstra did it first, but good on yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. No, this is a very good idea and it's something we've I think we've spoken about this. I've spoken about this mm. and we've suggested to Telcos, why do you have to have four different accounts if you've got four d- devices? Have one big pool of data Absolutely. and make it the what you draw, the one common pool of data you draw from. And and look, this announcement was, uh, it, it confirmed exactly that. Um, it's uh, interesting though that the the pricing of it they've got actually a special if you, if you take up the plan before December thirty one you get an extra gig of data yeah. for twelve months so that sort of takes it up to effectively two point one gig of data so that helps that whole the, the that amount of data is easier to share uh, it does come with an extra SIM card when you sign up so yeah. it's uh, it's technically a seventy dollar plan plus your ten bucks for the extra SIM so it's eighty dollars a month so let, let's break it down though so what this is it's actually good it's also not anything radical new in terms of plans it is their normal Everyday Connect mobile plan. So yep. let's talk about this. The $60 plan gives you something like $900 worth of included value plus your 1.1 gig yeah, of data. 600 of calls, so unlimited you, SMS, you, and 1.1 gig of data. You pick, you pick your, your plan. So in this case, we're picking the $60 plan. Yep. And then you say, I want to do this data sharing. And you pay $10 a month more for that. For and then you pay SIM. another $10 a month for an extra SIM. So you're paying it's $20 a month. month. That's right, yeah. $20 a month just to get one extra SIM, and then it's $10 a month per so other SIM from there on. So up to four. You've got two iPads in the house that, mm. that want to go roaming around, around the countryside. It's 90 bucks on the mm-hmm. $60 plan, and it's only a gig. Forget the, the free offer because I get that's a good deal, but yep. it isn't actually 
a great deal when when you put two and two together because there's a lot of um, one-off payment, you know, $99 a year kind of data True. plans out there. It's, it is a tough sell other than the, stri- the strict convenience of the offer. That's what I was going to say. I think convenience-wise, if you're a power user, this, is, this plays right into your hands. This isn't going to be for everybody, but I think that – uh, you you break it down rather than having to pay three separate data plans. The inconvenience of having to recharge and buy the new SIM, it's all in one plan. Mm. I think convenience is what's going to attract people to this pricing. I think you might need to do your homework, but even pricing wise, I think you, 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 it's sort of six of one, half a dozen of the other. You can you can probably get away with similar pricing if you were to go separately anyway. Yeah. The the added convenience and the fact that it's Telstra. Let's face it, Telstra's got a great network. Uh, I had a call on the radio today saying, "Well, what, what's the difference with the, between this and tethering your smartphone?" Mm. And I said, "Well, no, that's a fair point, but the downside of tethering your smartphone is that it's going to impact on your smartphone's battery. Yep. Uh, you know, you, you've, you're still technically using one pool of data. Not, and you might want to have a 4G device uh, exactly. separately to take elsewhere. So there, there are pros and cons to this, but uh, you know, I think yeah, good, good, good on Telstra. And I was like you, surprised that this is more like an Optus move or a Vodafone it move. It's the kind of thing I would Telstra have expected to do. From, yeah. oh, frankly, I expected it from Vodafone because they're yeah. the ones that are kind of doing all this, you know, cheap publicity stuff that are just great plans. Yeah, it's good. So great, great move from Telstra. Hopefully, as I said uh, across the week, hopefully it inspires the others to do the same. Um, and I, I do believe there are people who will jump at it because of the convenience of the matter. So Absolutely. not a bad deal. And good luck to Telstra for it. And uh, thank you to Telstra for it, really, for kicking it off. Because I think in the next six months we'll see a lot of it. Absolutely. You can read more about that at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, while on the subject of telcos, we've got another story here from Vodafone. Now, don't, that, don't give away the plan. Okay, sorry, sorry. Well, <laughs> yeah, I've given away first first section of the podcast. Now, we we remember a couple of months ago, Vodafone were the first to come out with their international caps. It was five bucks US, UK, New Zealand, where mm. you could, if you're on a red plan, you could maintain what your data, what your plan allowed you to do, whether it was your unlimited text. Calls, data, so you could use that for five dollars a day in those other countries. Hmm. Well, this week uh, Vodafone came out and announced that they've added Europe to that pricing package, five dollars for roaming in thirty-four countries in Europe. So that kind of completes the circle, if you like, for travellers hmm. because Europe's a very popular destination. And again, the same deal: red plan, whatever your entitlements are in the plan, continue when you're overseas. So no need to go buy another SIM. People can contact you on your number. You can make calls on your number, use your data allowance, all for five bucks a day. And just a reminder, the thing that, that struck me most when I talked to, to Vodafone about this this uh, new $5 a day plan back when it launched, when you're in um, the Czech Republic and you're using your $5 a day... Are, as we are. As, as we do. We're going there soon, I'm sure. Um, they make Škoda cars. Um, when, when, you, when you're there and, and you're on your, you've paid your five bucks... Because you've you've used your phone, you can make local calls in the Czech Republic right, like yeah. you're a local. Plus, you can call Australia like it's a local call and receive calls from Australia too. It's 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 more than just a great idea. It's a great deal. So it is a good thing. I, I listed on on my website. I listed all the countries that aren't included, in, including Kazakhstan, because it's not included. Not included. Is so Mal- it's not all is Malta of, included. It's not mate? all. Of, well, it's not all of Europe. Is Malta in Europe, mate? Of course it but, is. Well, it is. It clearly must be there because it's not on the list of countries okay. that aren't. I noticed Vatican City's not on the mm, list. Yeah. Mm. Right. Russia, also not included. Hello. 
So, so it is. It's not all of Europe, and there'll always be a little, when you see the ads, there'll always be a little asterisks next to Europe because yep. it's not every country, but thirty-four countries is a fair whack, a fair chunk, and uh, and again, a good expansion. And I, I think we're just going to see more and more countries added over the over yeah. the course of time as and, Vodafone does the and deals. Mentioning other telcos here, uh, Optus have got similar things right. happening starting, I think, uh, in November. Slightly different to, to explain, yeah. but but still, they have a have a deal where it's very transparent the pricing that you're going to yes. pay. And to date, we still are waiting for Telstra to make. Well, some sort that's, of announcement. That's what I was going to say. We, we, we gave Telstra a rap for opening up the sharing of the data on, among mm. among multiple devices, but we'd love to see them also put weigh in on this one. I'm a Telstra customer and I travel a fair bit, so I'd love to be able to use my number overseas at a reasonable price. So, Bring it on. So uh, the Vodafone Europe uh, story is listed at techguide.com.au. <laughs> So this week on uh, on Your Tech Life, and, and people who don't know, Your Tech Life is is talk back. You know, I get calls from people, um, you know, with their problems and concerns about technology or questions. And I had a bloke called Peter ring me up, and he said, "Mate, I'm having this problem with my with my iPhone. It just it says 3G and that says nothing, and I can't get any data." And and he says, "I run a business. I've got nine iPhones uh, uh, across the <laughs> staff, and it, they're all having the same problem. Yeah. They're on the Optus network, and it's just weird." Yeah. You know, I gave more than normal. My my wife is on a Maysim. She had the same problem, and she rang a Maysim and said, "Look." Uh, What's doing? Restart your phone, reset network settings, uh, but uh, the news was revealed why this was happening. And it was interesting to me because he 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 was getting this dropout and it would work and then it wouldn't work. So he, I got him in touch with with Optus today, uh, and then Optus came back to me very quickly and explained that they they are aware of an issue. And it turns out they've got an issue with the 4G network, and they've they've done sort of some sort of software upgrade last week. And people rumoured and speculated on on the Narky Whirlpool forums <laughs> that it was about iOS seven, nothing to do with Apple, because it yeah. was any 4G device. So what yeah. it is is, if you've got if you're on Optus and you've got a, a a SIM card that is actually an old 3G SIM card, and you go into a 4G network area, mm-hmm. it just loses every every part of the data connection. Optus know how to fix it. They flick a switch in your account and it'll be fixed. So they've basically got to go through every account and flick that switch now. They did it with my caller, Peter, and case yeah. closed. So it, it's prob- it's an interesting one to me because this could have gone really bad for them, you know? Mm. If they didn't work out what the problem was, this is a lot of people potentially affected. It, well, I it, think it was a I case wonder- of sort of where there's smoke, there's fire. They, were, they did receive complaints. I think my wife was one of them. Yep. Your caller, Peter, was another one. And I'm sure they weren't the only ones That's who were right. hitting the switchboards. And, and I, so basically, it's, um, it's Wednesday night here as we're recording. By Thursday night, everyone should have the problem solved. My advice is turn your phone off and turn it back on again on Thursday night if you're still having the problem. Just say that you yep. reconnect to the network. Um, and Optus have listed a phone number 131344 if you've still got a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, they can help so, you out. So the issue is your 3G, you, you don't get an internet connection. You don't get any internet. I, I had a reader on, on my on my Tech Guide Facebook page saying he's having trouble sending messages and this and that. And I said, are oh, you an Optus customer? He said, yes. Mm. And I explained to him that there is an issue that should be resolved by tomorrow. Calls. Text messages fine, but remember with iPhones, a text message is actually an iMessage for the most yeah, part, and they're, data, they're using and the internet. Data. That's right. So that's why you need to be careful of it. So Optus are aware of the problem, they're fixing the problem, and they've avoided a Vodafone-style issue, um, which which could have uh, run out on there with their 4G network Very being good. such an important part of their strategy. And there ends the first section of our of our podcast. I'm, can, can you guess the structure? Two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Travel along. And as we mentioned at the start, Two Blokes Talking Tech brought to you by Optus My Plan. We'll tell you about them shortly. And Netgear, netgear.com.au. And don't forget to upgrade to the world's fastest Wi-Fi. 802.11ac is the next generation of Wi-Fi, and you need it now. More devices than ever before are connecting to your home network, and the demands are increasing. So it's important that you have the speed 
the range and the performance you need every time you need it. The latest smartphones, um, the MacBooks, uh, all support 802.11ac. So what are you waiting for? If you've got the latest or you're thinking about getting the latest in, in the coming weeks or months or even the next year, upgrade your home network to the world's fastest Wi-Fi with a Netgear home modem router with 802.11ac. Check them out at netgear.com.au. Well, on to our next section of the podcast, Trevor, mm. and uh, we'll kick it off with iOS 7. Now, this is, a, this is a story that won't go away. It's quite a big change to iPhone and iPad users. Uh, a couple been of hundred using, million people yeah, getting a new we, operating system. We've been system. using it for quite a while, so it, was, it, was, it takes a little while to get used to it, but there have been some people who have, have uh, finding issues with it, have struggling to come to terms with the change, uh, and they've sort of hit the forums and discussion boards and expressing their concern. They want their old system back. They're lamenting the loss of some features. But uh, I, I took I took the time on Tech Guide to write about the most common issues that people are complaining about. And to my surprise, there are actually ways to fix those problems. Yeah. There are some common issues that people are because, complaining because about. Because they're not actual problems with the operating system. They're, they're just new ways of doing things or seeing things that you need to get used to. And I find a percentage of people that are really just quite happy to um, – to, to learn to live and love with it, but others that really just want back how they used to be. And you're not going to get the old one back, but you might find a way to get to it. And that, yeah. that's what you've done here on Tech Guide is well, explain that. As as you know, whenever something changes, look, how, how how hysterical do people get whenever Facebook changes? You know, whenever you hear Facebook oh, changes, exactly. oh, bring people to start groups and that say bring for, back the old for Facebook. For perspective, Windows, changes to Windows 7, Windows yeah. Vista, Windows 8, they, they always cop a bit of grief. Imagine if they were able to push that out to everyone. It would be a nightmare. And that's what Apple Absolutely. is able to do, and that's the scale of the change that, that is that is fundamentally difficult well, for some everyone. Some of the some of the issues, and I'm sure you've had these two on your on your dealings with on the radio as well. Uh, one of them was calendar list view. Um, hmm. I think people thought like to have their shopping list of, of appointments. Uh, all you need to do is just hit the the magnifying glass at the top of the screen to get your list view. Other people have been complaining that, oh, the, the font's too light. I can't read it. What do I do? You can go into your settings, accessibility, and set bold. all the, the font to bold, mm-hmm. uh, and it'll reset your phone and do that. A lot of people are complaining, oh, the motion, the, the parallax view is sort of making them a little bit sick. You can turn it off. It also drains your battery too, so another tip for yeah, the Yeah, absolutely. But um, the... Contacts too, like a lot of people look at their messages and think, "Hang on, the tre- the, the, it, my message only says Trevor on it, huh. but I've got five Trevors in my contact list, or oh. might have Trevor with an initial." Uh, so one way around that is actually turning off the short names for your contacts as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, another another one was uh, people are thinking, "Well, the old system, double tap the home button and you get the list of apps with the little minus button, minus button on the top left yes. corner." To you, kill it. It was an obvious thing to know how yes. to delete it because the, the minus was there, but now you need to flick the app up. That's you, right. You, you think, hang a, on, I can do it, but how do I close it? You get a and live now, preview of the app and you can flick it up. And, and just a tip for fun, you can use three fingers, you can flick three apps at a time. It's a bit of fun. There you go. Uh, and another one was the passcode because anyone who's installed iOS 7, whether they wanted it or not, it, it was default to give you a passcode. So Which you is to, good, people. Let me, let me explain. 
that's a good thing. When you lose your phone, it means people can't use it. But anyway, for the narcs that don't like it. For the narcs who look at their phone 98 times a day and having to type in that four-digit passcode, it was a hassle. So uh, this is their choice. It's up to them that I want to have it. And and you've explained explained on TechGuide how to turn it off. But let me me also advise, when you're in that part of the setting to turn it off, you can actually say require it. And I said it on my wife's last night. Now, I'm forced by my work to have a five-minute maximum on that. Right, but without if you don't have an exchange server telling that rule, it can be four hours. So yeah. you can make it so that it only asks for a password every four hours. So that's a worthwhile thing to set. So set it so you don't need it every time, mm-hmm. just every few hours. That's okay. another great way to go because passwords idea. are a great way to protect your data. Absolutely, and if you've got a five S, of course, you, you can just use your fingerprint. Love that. But uh, not everyone has a five S, but they they're still running iOS seven on their older device, and uh, it gives them a passcode. So, You're listening uh, to two blokes talking tech, and that that full list of handy hints. From from Stephen is at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, you were uh, lucky enough to be in Berlin for the uh, the official launch of the Galaxy Note 3, and uh, we had a look at it again uh, a couple of weeks ago when it was launched here in Australia. And you've, you've been playing with it now in, in the flesh for uh, for a little week or so. It is a, it's a beautiful-looking device, a Samsung Galaxy Note 3. What are you thinking overall, mate? Mate, I think this is one of the best smartphones on the market at the moment. I think it's the most powerful device Samsung, mobile device Samsung have created. Uh, they've taken the Note, which, was, which I already liked as a device and made it even better. Now, the, the power comes from the fact that it's called the Note which gives it away. The S Pen is a very powerful tool now. There are so many more commands at your fingertips. You've got your Action Memo, which lets you write phone numbers or addresses and then call directly off that number or create a contact directly from that information. You've got your scrapbooker, so you can easily collect information from around the web, put them in folders. Uh, you've got the screen right, which I, I very cheekily used this at the football the other night where I said, oh, here's my photo with Russell Crowe. Uh, Russell Crowe was in the box behind me at the football. I took a selfie. You could see Russell Crowe in the photo behind me. I circled myself and wrote me with an arrow, I circled the small Russell Crowe above me and put Russell Crowe. So technically it was a photo with Russell Crowe and that sort of gave me a bit of fun being able to write on the screen. So that, that's a great way to annotate photos, to write instructions, directions on a map. It's just such a handy feature. Mm-hmm. And that document then can be emailed, shared on Facebook, Twitter, wherever you like. So a very powerful feature. You can also um, have the, the pen window is another favorite feature of mine where how many times do you want? And you can do split screen, which which is a, well, you can mm. do that on the Galaxy S4 as well and on the Note. But how many times do you just want a little window up here to open up a calculator or another another feature? Mm. With pen window, you can actually draw a little window in the screen and then another another app then can fill that space. This and that is, can be moved around the screen. It's very much kind of win, Windows style because that, that was what Windows got its name. It's, it's having windows of things open. Yeah. I first saw this actually um, on, on the LG smartphone devices, the, I think the yeah, F series. Yeah, not and quite like this very, had the transparency. It was, but it was yeah. very good because you could adjust yeah. the transparency, you could keep it there, you could get rid of it and stuff like that. So I actually think that this is an indication to me that this is going to be a key feature of Android going forward because you think about Android and how it differentiates itself to iOS, it's, it's the widgets and things like that. 
uh, as as they advance, having that kind of layered windowed approach is going to set them miles apart from iOS, and I think mm-hmm. that's a real oh, good thing for Android. Yeah. Absolutely right. But uh, the device itself, uh, it's thinner than the Note 2. It's got a new faux leather back panel. Like we've, faux leather. We've often complained about the sort of the plasticky feel of Samsung devices. Mm. I think this is, while it is actually made of plastic, it still gives it it gives it a slightly better appearance. It, it makes it look a little bit more premium. The, the, the edges are sort of serrated. It's nice silver of a rim around the screen. Um, the uh, the screen's 5.7 inches, quad core, so it's got plenty of guts under the hood. And Samsung's really pushing the screens closer and closer and closer yeah. to the edge. This is what, we talked about this, I think, last week when we talked about the next iPhone. I, I think we're going to see those screens get almost edgeless in the coming yeah. coming uh, months well, and year. It's funny you mention that because this is actually, and I've got the Note 2 here. Have a look at the Here's Note, 2, the Note 2 next to it. It's actually the same size as the Device. Note 2 in terms of width uh, and depth, but they've managed to fit a, fit bigger, a bigger screen, screen in the same and, space. And this is, this is that point that, that I think is going to be the big challenge for mobile phone manufacturers. And I think Apple have got a lot of room to move because there's a lot of room around the home button and the, and the speaker at the top and the side. So Apple can go edgeless, and I think Samsung's leading the way with that. And it's a, it's a beautiful-looking phone. It is um, good. It's yeah. out this week too, so a very timely October review. October 3rd, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you can uh, check out Stephen's full review, including a whole stack of photos at techguide.com.au. So talking devices, uh, the, um, the Kogan announcement, uh, what was it, uh, late last week, of the, the latest quad-core Agora smartphone. Now, this harks us back to CES in January. We were sitting with, with Ruslan and he announced the, the 149 version of his own Kogan Agora smartphone, which he, he announced many years ago, but then didn't get off the ground. And so this was, this was revolutionary for him. But we, we both, I think, in consensus agreed it was a, it was a great price for a phone. For the but money, it was, it was good. But, but it was a cheap feeling phone it wasn't a great quality screen it's not something i would have recommended to anyone who was other than just wanting a phone for texting and and the, and the basics and really just trying to enter the smartphone market i got to play with the the new quad core agora this week and i got to tell you it's it's a massive step forward massive step forward um uh the the quality well, of the extra, build it's an extra 50 bucks i mean in the in kogan world that's in a kogan world, that's, a, that's a lot of money 199 dollars though for a smartphone uh, you know there's a lot of smartphones at that price you can get it from aldi and all those kind yep. of places this is quad core now let me be clear i don't think the quad core thing makes a rats of difference to the device because it's not it's not a not a patch on a proper quad core yep. um processor like samsung would be running and, and that kind of like but it's 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 build quality is much much better. It actually, to to be honest, it doesn't feel as plastic as some Samsung phones because mm-hmm. he's gone for this kind of rubberized um, plastic yeah. back, which feels really good. It's a very different design, so it doesn't look like another phone like the old one looked like it was a mm-hmm. copy of the Note. Screen resolution, screen is resolution too, is better, twelve eighty by seven twenty, which is nice. Um, and you, you notice a good screen. It's, again, it's not a Samsung, you know, AMOLED beautiful display. It's just a really nice display. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting to me, running running stock standard Android. Um, I had I had the and I, it's, I'm not comparing it to the Galaxy, but it's the only thing you can kind of sit it side by side and go, how bad is it in terms of performance? Well, I sat two two phones, the Galaxy and the Agora, on the same Wi-Fi network and went to websites. You know, see how quick they load. Mm. Snappy, loading yep. as well as anything else. And for most people, making calls, sending texts, yep. sending emails, surfing the web and running the odd app, that's what they want right. a phone for. It's like what I told you last week. There are car people mm. who love their car and yeah. there are other people who think a car gets me from A to B. Yeah. The Kogan is for the person who just wants a phone, yeah. who wants something in their pocket that gets them apps, gets them all this stuff. It's a 
Kia, Hyundai via Mercedes-Benz. Absolutely. It's, it does the same thing. One just costs a bit more and does it a little bit better than the other, but basically, at the end of the day, they do the same thing. So, look, I, I think it's a great phone. Again, you're not going to get the best camera camera quality out of it at low light and, and bright light, but, again, it's not for that kind of and person. And for the people who camera. are going to leave comments on your review and be narky about it, it's a $199 phone, exactly. people. Hello. Like, it's not a $1,200 iPhone. And you know what? For it's that, $199. For that very reason, I think we talked about this before, too, in terms of the way we review phones yeah. um, and rate them. I gave this a 4 out of 5 because for a $200 phone, it's, it's probably more than a 4. But, Absolutely. you know, if you if you put it side by side with a Samsung, it's a it's a 3 yeah. to Samsung's 5. Well, so forget apples, yeah. apples and oranges. Compare... Kogan's to Kogan's or Kogan's to Ali's or whatever you want to yeah. call it. This is a great great little phone and uh, worth checking out. Obviously, remember, you can't check it out and have fun with it. You need to look at what everyone's saying. Yeah. Um, you can't I'm, go into a shop and hold it. And, uh, exactly. And also the dual SIM, too. It's got a dual, dual SIM, SIM as well. That's a, that's a handy feature that I'm, I'm, I'm going to get hold of it this week, I hope, and I'm going into the US next week. I'm hoping to run it with cards. my Australian SIM in it and my American SIM at the same time. So rather than carrying two phones... I've got one phone. Perfect. So check it out. I've written a little review on it at eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Two Blokes Talking Tech is brought to you by Netgear and also by Optus My Plan. You can say no to Bill Shock and say yes to Optus's My Plan, the mobile plan that flexes to help you keep your excess fees down. You can visit optus.com.au forward slash my plan for details. It's time to say no to Bill Shock, yes to saving heaps, yes to going mega with your bites, yes to tweeting, liking, and posting to your heart's content. It's time to say yes to Optus My Plan, where others could charge you hundreds in excess fees. It will give you an extra chunk of data for as little as $5. Plans now start at $35, with a minimum total cost of $840 over 24 months. Visit optus.com.au forward slash my plan for details. Well, I think the most important gaming release of of the of the century, uh, no, it's really just of this six month period, because obviously SimCity was last six month period. So the the most important gaming release of, of this uh, six month period for me is F one twenty thirteen. Now we talked about this when it was first announced a while ago. I'm, I've been playing this for a few days. I got to play it uh, a week and a bit ago with um, in in the presence of of royalty, frankly, F one yeah. style. Now the the difference with F one twenty thirteen is. Every year it gets better. Yeah, graphics get improved, and every year it's got the new cars and the new drivers, yep. as you would expect. But the, there's no compelling reason to upgrade. If, you, if you're still loving last year's game, it's like you just pretend you're, you're the next driver or whatever. Yep. So what they've done is they've put in classic racing. So you can, when, out of the box, when you buy the game, you get 1980s cars, wow. 1980s drivers, and 1980s tracks. And if you buy the super classic edition or whatever the heck it's called, you get 1990s versions as well. You can actually buy those with, so the, with the other packages. The and there would be a bit of difference, the tracks and Correct. the drives, so of course. But Estoril, Jerez are in the 90s version, and uh, and uh, Brands Hatch is in the, um, in, in the 80s version. And, you know, the 80s cars are the best because they are just so... And this is the great thing about it. You really know. It's like when you get in uh, Gran Turismo or Forza and you get in a, uh, a Mini Moog and you get in an Aston Martin, you can feel the difference when you're driving yeah. it. It's like that the with this game, right? Though, yeah. So I'm sitting there at this event uh, at, the, at the game company and uh, you know, on a steering wheel, driving around, and this bloke standing behind me. I looked. It's Alan Jones, right? <laughs> Alan Jones, the Alan Formula, Jones, the Formula Formula One World the, Champion, the, the not 1980 the, uh, Formula One World Champion, is standing behind me while I'm driving 
as Alan Jones <laughs> in the Williams that he well, won the world championship. That's a surreal it's moment. daunting stuff, but he's standing there watching me go around Branch Hatch. I hope you never choked, mate. Going, and I'm like, is this? Is this a, does it look right? He's mate, this looks so real. You know that wow. that corner just take it a bit far. It was unbelievable, and it's a great experience because you're driving around and, and, and I'm passing um, Mario Andretti. There's Emerson Fittipaldi. There's Elaine Prost. It's all the big names across the year. Schumacher's there, and they also do it so that they bring people from the other decades into the into the other oh, into, right. so into different decades. Compete. Yeah, so they bring so Ferrari is there, and you've got like Alan Prost in the Ferrari, but then they bring Michael Schumacher into the eighties, even though he was a you know, teenager, yeah. but he's a legend of the of of the team. Ah. In the nineties, you've got uh, Williams and Ferraris cars from from uh, three different years. It's okay. bloody awesome. So Highly recommended for fan, any F one fan awesome. and gaming simulator fans. Um, racing simulators because it is it is definitely one of the best racing simulators out there and it's available as of this week uh, Tuesday, uh, Thursday the the third the same as what we we're talking about earlier but um, you know I highly recommend it it is if you've only had if you've got 2012 or, or 2010 this is the year to upgrade absolutely because you've got something very different with this so check it out F1 2013 I've, I've written a full review and some screens and everything at eftm.com.au Righto, Trevor, you had your chance yeah. to geek out on Formula One 2013. Now it's my turn to indulge You're not going to suggest that F1 2013 isn't the gaming release of this half of well, the year. Well, in your mind, maybe. <laughs> other people have other opinions. Uh, my opinion is that the, it's, it's an upcoming game that I'm talking about, Call of Duty Ghosts, uh, and I had the chance to actually get my hands on the multiplayer mode. Now, multiplayer is probably the most popular part of any Call of Duty game. There's the great maps different gaming modes, uh, ways to increase your you know, weapon strength and your perks and things like that. So it was a real thrill to be able to get our hands on the Call of Duty Ghost multiplayer at a special event that was held last week. Uh, what we what we were able to play were four of the of the, the 16 map, new maps on the game. We got to play four of them. Uh, the detail is incredible. That We were playing them on the Xbox. You were in once. your element, weren't you? It was terrific. But so see, the, now, see, people can now, now picture it. You know, you didn't. You're not going to come and play racing car games. I'm sitting there in my element with Alan Jones playing Formula One game, and here you are sitting there, focused on a TV. Twenty eight other nerds yeah. shooting each other. No, That's right. But uh, the Call of Duty Ghosts uh, is is a, they told us a lot about the multiplayer modes, which I'll get to in a minute. But the basic storyline is that there's been a cataclysmic event in the US. Uh, part of it is explained in the campaign, which they showed us. This this level actually takes place in orbit above Earth. Uh, on a space station. So that can give you a clue as to how this devastation occurred. Mm. There's a satellite called Odin that fires down onto to the Earth. Uh, it's obviously been taken over. And uh, th- that level was just incredibly, really cinematic. It was brilliant to watch. But to the multiplayer modes, there are lots of new maps, different size maps. But the game modes that I were, were interested in the most, there were two new game mode maps, game modes. One was Cranked. Now, Cranked is, is where you score a kill, and then a, a timer opens up on the screen. You've got a 30 seconds then to find your next kill. So what it does, it forces people, rather than playing conservatively, yeah. once that clock's ticking down, if you don't get another kill in that 30 seconds, you blow up. So you're dead anyway. What? So you get out there. If you score another kill, then you get another 30 seconds to live. So really speeds up the game, makes for some exciting plays so rather will, than so, people So will that back. be something as a in, a in a multiplayer version that you can say, I'm going to create a... A room. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm calling on people, and here's the rules of the room. We're playing this map. Yeah, yeah, We're well, playing cranked, and, and and it inspires people to play that fast-paced game. That's right. Each each mode has its own little lobby, so that once you go into that yeah, lobby, right. then people jump into the lobby. Then once you get enough players, you start. Um, 
the the other the other mode was blitzed, which is the it, almost like a carry the flag. So the, the, in in Call of Duty, there was a mission where you, if you capture the opposition team's flag and take it back to your headquarters, then that's more points for your team. Blitz was slightly different. So rather than capturing a flag, you got to defend a portal. So once you go into the near the portal, you actually can go through it and then go back to the start of your where your team uh, began the game. So the more points you score, that so because these points exist on the map, the, there's players hanging around waiting for people to pop up waiting for people to disappear so that added a new element too the other thing i liked too was the way you could customize your soldier so you can actually play as a man or a woman so it's no longer just a male dominated landscape Uh, you can even customize the way you look because a lot of hardcore players they change weapons and change their appearance to suit the map so they know that the map is mainly it's set in the desert so it's brown they can change their uniform to be brown, to blend into the background. So that's another aspect. Of, uh, or there's more than 20,000 combinations of, of customization. So you, you rest assured there won't be any two people that look the same in the game. Call of Duty Ghost is out November the 5th. Uh, it's going to be a big one. I think this is going to continue the Call of Duty franchise, which we've seen is a huge property that's going to make a billion dollars after a week, as it normally does. So, uh, yeah, that was exciting times. November 5, though, for the official release. There could be an apocalypse on that day. As long as it didn't take out power on the internet, you wouldn't know it happened. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech, and you can check out some screenshots and, and details of that Call of Duty uh, multiplayer uh, on techguide.com.au. You made a promise to me at the start of this uh, program before we started recording that these reviews would be less than a minute. I'm, a I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to time you. I'm, I'm just saying my word. your minute reviews today kicks off with a product from Magellan. Yeah, the Magellan Echo, it's a training watch. Now, the problem with training with a smartphone is that you've got to, it's a big screen. You've got to strap it to your arm or carry it in your hand. It's not very convenient. Magellan Echo, as its name suggests echoes your smartphone, especially the fitness apps you got on board, to your wrist. So rather than you having to be looking at a smartphone touching the screen, you can simply twist your wrist and, and interact with that app as, as on the watch. So there are physical buttons. There are uh, you can touch the screen. You can also control your music playback as well. It also there's a version of the Magellan that comes with a heart rate monitor. So if your app can uh, can, can can aggregate the heart rate data, that can come on, come into play as well. One hundred and forty nine dollars for the normal version. One hundred and ninety nine dollars for the heart rate version. Available from November. Well done. And uh, and what do we got from Wally? Wally is a company, Australian company, I should add. Uh, the company is actually called Studio Proper. Now they've got some Wally iPad and iPhone cases that have this modular clip that lets you mount them on the wall, in your car, on your headrest. And they've come up with a new uh, product called the Pro Bumper. So what it allows you to do is that if you've already got a, a Wally case, you can put the Pro Bumper over the top of the case mm. just to give it that added protection. So it sort of makes it shockproof. You can drop it. Just adds that protection. And this still has the hole in the back of the pa- of the case so you can still mount it as you wish in the car or on the wall yep. or however you want I've there is an iPad Very mini good. and there's an iPad normal iPad size 1999 and 2495 um 2495 and 1995 for the iPad mini and the iPad version. studio proper the Wally and Stephen has nailed it in under 1 minute for each of them on two blokes talking tech Well, there you go. If you can um, tweet us with the uh, three C 
sections before the reviews, <laughs> uh, you know, there'll be a prize, and that prize will be our thanks and congratulations Absolutely. for listening, our um, respect. Exactly, <laughs> oh, I mean, which is which is not something we hand out. No, we love having you know. we love hearing from our listeners. We, we do. Uh, we've got a nice community of people who listen to what we do, and we appreciate it. And you can follow Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Fennick, twitter.com forward slash Stephen Fennick with a ph, and I am at Trevor Long, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. Read about all those things on our websites. Mine is eftm.com.au where you'll find my podcast, Your Tech Life, and Stephen is at techguide.com.au where you find this podcast and also the Tech Guide podcast each and every week. Mate, we'll be back again in one week, except... We won't be. We've been sitting together for for some we weeks now, been. mainly yes. because of my home situation. Yes, which isn't bad, by the way. It's just I've moved house. It sounded, sounded like it was a problem with the wife. You're still married, ladies. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. Oh, actually, <laughs> feel free to get in touch. No, um, but we'll we'll both be overseas next week, so we'll yes. um, we'll we'll bring together the best of of across the world. Yes. in technology on two blokes talking tech. <laughs>